you know, it wasn't a shock to be doing a big degree, but because I had no, never talked about doing engineering, when I had rung my mum when I was up in Auckland on that science trip, I told her, I want to do engineering, I'm going to UC. And my mum was over the moon about it because she, because oh. my grandfather, he was actually an engineer as well. And so she thought that it'd be a really nice thing in the family to have another engineer come through. Kia ora, I'm Troy, here as CEO and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today is a very special podcast as we're catching up with Nga Wahine Tō Whanake, our three current Whanake scholarship recipients, Sarah Lewis, Lily Fraser and Lydia Freita. Kia haere. Mia noi tātou, inuhia, inuhia, inuhia ki te uri tapunui. Kia wātia, kia māma, te nākau, te tinana, te wairua, e tāra takata. Koiara e rongo whakairaya ake ki ronga. Kia tīna, tīna, huie, Welcome to everyone and thank you so much for joining us today. I think probably a really great place place to start is to perhaps get each of you to introduce yourself um, and maybe share your PPH if you want to. So Lily, given that you've been with us the longest, we're going to pick on you first and get you to go first. <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> uh, kia ora koutou. Uh, ko te atua a taihau ko Lily Sanson Hi, I'm Lily. I was the... 2020 Fana Ake scholarship recipient um, and I'm now in my third year of civil engineering at the University of Canterbury. Um, yeah, just chipping away at the studies, so yeah. Nice one. Mahi kia ora to you. And Lydia? Um, kia ora, ko Lydia Taka Ingoa, ko Napuhi Te Iwi, ko Pukurate Te Marae, ko Whakaruru Hau Te Waka, ko Nata Te Aru Te Hapu, ko um, my name's Lydia. Um, I'm actually in Otatahi as well, and I'm doing my first year of engineering at the Canterbury University, and I am intending to do civil engineering as well. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are our latest Fanaki uh, scholarship recipient, so it's really great because this has actually been my first time having a all with you, and I'm super excited to be able to connect in. So it's, it's lovely to have both of you here with us today to have a quick conversation. Um, obviously, Lily, you mentioned that um, you were our 2020 scholarship recipient, and I hear in, in that time you've been doing quite a lot of things, um, particularly over the summer. Did you want to share a little bit about what you've been up to? Yeah, so 2020 feels like a long time ago now. Um, that was the start of COVID, really. Um, I have done a lot of works over each summer, different internships with different companies. In the 
my first summer from university, I did an internship with the University of Otago um, that was based around um, gastrointestinal diseases and um, surveying like Māori um, communities and how they could um, benefit that. It was really awesome. And then last summer, I did an internship with um, ACOM uh, New Zealand. So that's an um, infrastructure company that's pretty decently well known. So that was at um, Ahakia, the Air Force Base, just outside of Palmerston North on what's called the P8 project. Um, so the government has purchased four new um, Boeing 787s that they're redesigning for the Air Force. So they need to build hangars and taxiways for these new planes. So I was working on some of the projects there, specifically on the taxiways and a bit of work on the um, hangars as well. Um, gaining experience in the civil industry, which was really, really awesome. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it sounds absolutely amazing to be able to be part of a project like that. How did you get the opportunity to get that internship? Uh, I was actually really blessed to be awarded another scholarship at the end of last year, which is called the Keystone Trust ACOM Property Scholarship. So Keystone Trust is a um, a trust that's essentially based around construction and infrastructure um, that uh, they offer lots of scholarships and one of the ones that I got is called a key partner scholarship so they partner with um, companies in the industry mine was with ACOM um, that work um, with a student and help them through their journey of the rest of the university degree and offer them summer internships and such forth which was really really awesome and really blessed that I was uh, given that scholarship. Yes, definitely. I think there, there's great opportunities out there for students to help with their career pathways if you're able to find them. How how have, I mean, obviously you've got the Whanake Scholarship and, and now also the Keystone one. How have you connected into the network to find out about these scholarships? Um, I think I was instilled in my family and within me when I was um, in high school that university is very expensive and what I wanted to do um, is not available in the Manawatu. So the cost with that is so, so high. Um, I really only had the options of Auckland, Waikato or Canterbury for studies. So um, with some uh, other work I'd done, I decided on Canterbury. Um, so it was really instilled in me to try and get as many scholarships or help um, in other avenues as possible. So I just really um, knuckled down and applied for as many as possible um, because people hear of the ones that you do get, but not necessarily the ones you don't get. And every one that I applied for, there's probably 10 that I didn't get. <laughs> and it's just um, how that all works into it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And what about yourself, Lydia? How did you find out about Whanake? And how did you find the process in um, applying for that scholarship? Um, well, I already knew about the Māori scholarship, like funds, a couple of years back when me and my brother both applied for them when we were in high school for like the funding to help like year 12 and 13. And then I got a scholarship already for um, from high school for the work I had put during my high school years. And so I was like, oh, one would be enough. And then my brother <laughs> actually messaged me through like screenshots of all the scholarships he, think, he thought I could give a go on the Māori um, Trust. And I was like, you know what, like, there's no harm in trying for more. And my brother was like, yeah, you, there's definitely heaps out there. And I applied for, like, 
six or seven of them on that one um, like Māori trust. And um, that's when I saw uh, the whānau care um, scholarship and that's when I was like, oh my goodness. Um, I didn't even think I would get it because it, it was quite a big one compared to the other ones. So um, I was really thankful when I um, received the email that they wanted an interview and that I was going to be one of the recipients. But yeah, that's how I found out. But I already had known about um, all these scholarships previously from like the people helping you in high school to transition to university. But I just didn't really knuckle in until my brother sent me and reminded me that they were closing soon. And I was like, oh, I better, you know, get onto it because there's no harm in, you know, trying. Like Lily said, you know, you get, you do heaps and, you know, you might get one, you might get two, you might not get any of them. So, but, you know, you don't know unless you try. That's absolutely true. I think um, because it's really interesting for me to hear because year on year when we first started Whanake, we actually didn't get very many people applying for the scholarship. And in those initial periods, a lot of the times we were finding from the students that they were quite whakamau or shy to even try for a scholarship. Um, and one thing I'm hearing from the both of you is that you had that sort of um, whānau support and encouragement to do that. Why do you think it is, is that there might be some stigma attached with people applying for scholarships? Um, I'll speak. Um, yeah. <laughs> during high school, I heard there was a lot of people, because I went to a primarily white high school. Mm -hmm. It was a country high school out in Lincoln and um, Canterbury. And a lot of them, there was a the whole stigma of like Māori getting free money, Māori getting, you know, scholarships just for them. How is it, you know, is it fair, is it not? And I didn't want to be like, oh, you know, I'm one of them people, like, you know. But then I realised that it's just Māori supporting Māori and, and that's okay, like, that is 100% okay. And um, that's when I was like, you know what, there's no shame in even just looking up Māori scholarships because you hear the whole stigma of it. But if it's help, it's help. Yeah, I definitely agree with Lydia on that. Um, when I first applied, I was very fucking mad about it because I didn't think I deserved these. Um, and once the ball started rolling and I knew how to apply and how to sell myself in a way that they would appreciate but was also still authentic to me was really important and also had the same issues with uh, some of the uh, Pākehā students at my school not understanding that scholarships are funded by someone and Māori scholarships are often funded by Māori for Māori and the whole point behind them is because they want more Māori students to come through so why would they not fund them so they have the opportunities because a lot of people um, a barrier for university is the cost that's associated with it and that's something that is needs to be addressed obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with you. Even when I was in um, my younger days, oh, seems so far away now. <laughs> when I was even in my younger days, um, I actually came back from traveling overseas and a similar story, I got offered an opportunity for a scholarship to do um, applied apprenticeship um, in carpentry, um, applied technology. And, and so, yeah, I was learning how to build and I felt really terrible about even taking that opportunity because there's something in you that tells you, oh, um, you know, to be a little humble about it and also that 
Um, you know, what about everyone else? Is it fair that I'm getting it? Um, but I think we also have to historically look back and probably we haven't had a great deal in the past. Um, and so this is probably about trying to raise us up and, and get us equal again as well. So I think um, at the time I looked at it completely different, but I think now I, when I see these opportunities, I think why not? And 100% for both of you, I mean, we didn't just give you the Fanaki scholarship just because you are Māori, I mean, you've got amazing credentials that make you perfect for that. And, and it was pitched up against other people and you came out with the strongest, um, you know, alignment with what we were trying to achieve, which has helped is to help more Māori wahine into the engineering industry. And I think that's something that's really missing, um, even just for just wahine on their own, but particularly for Māori. Um, Within your classes that you're currently doing now, are, are you seeing that there's a lot of other Māori in the classes with you? Um, I'm really lucky that I'm really good, close friends with another um, Māori wahine um, now, um, but it took me until uh, probably end of last year to actually meet her just because there's so many in the cohort. Um, with women, it's um, we all bond together very quickly because of such a small number of you, but within that, um, navigating how who everyone is and how that all goes into it um, is a big journey because the classes are so, so big. I don't know how it is in first year for you, Lydia. Um, yeah, no, I will totally agree with you on that. It is such a big group of people. Even in my first workshop for engineering, I did notice there was a significant lower number of women, let alone Māori women in um, engineering, that it was kind of like, I don't know if I'll ever find Māori women engineering, but I did find one that wasn't actually in my engineering course, it was in one of my maths courses, but I did bond with her um, during that um, moment of meeting, and um, they put me in a Māori designated um like engineer if you know what that you know engineer. Oh, yes, that's so, yeah really i was cool. put in like the designated multi so i was able to connect with a few more during that time but if i wasn't then i don't know how often i would see or be able to meet and connect with multi well yeah. multi wahine so yeah yeah the university has a really awesome um, Māori campus, which is really cool, but a lot of um, students that are taking those degrees may not essentially be doing engineering because there's a lot of Māori, amazing Māori courses down here, but then the um, uh, crossover in the courses is very minimal just because of how technical some of the courses are in engineering. So, so I guess the big question is then, why do you think it is that there aren't more wahine interested in engineering? I mean, obviously, from your perspective, something piqued your interest. What what was that and, and what do you think we could do to get more wahine interested? I think personally that um, some of the systems of education in New Zealand, but maybe specifically NCA, are not designed for Māori to succeed in, which is incredibly frustrating to see. Um, some of my friends in high school weren't given the support that they needed to succeed and um, not a, a shut down STEM pathways for them to be able to continue on their studies. Um, and there is work and going into that at the moment, specifically I know of the Pūhoro STEM Academy that is helping that change. Um, but it is a very backwards process that is rooted in colonisation, which is incredibly frustrating. I Can totally I take a bit? With you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, 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 I totally agree with Lily on that because yeah. 
for a one good example, I took Māori um, Performing Arts, which is like the kapahaka te reo Māori in like a one course, and that wasn't actually a university entrance. Yeah. It's not qualified to be, you can't take that into uni and it doesn't count towards like your NCA credits to put towards uni. So that is a massive discouragement to Māori who are like, I want to take a part of me, you know, do te reo Māori and Māori Performing Arts, but if I do both or do this one, it's going to damage my you know if I fail one thing it's gonna you know rumble back so that is why it's it's set up for Māori not to entirely succeed to everyone else. Yeah it's a choice between academic or your culture and that's not okay they need to be collaborated yeah. That's super insightful I had no idea about things like that I mean, I was imagining um, areas around support to even get the education, but I'm seeing that there's definitely some inequalities about what is raised up as important and in, in part of that scoring system that sort of fundamentally holds Māori back from just being their authentic selves. But it's great to hear that there is some work being done there. Do you, um, I, I mean, how were you exposed to the idea of becoming an engineer, Lydia, like what led you to become personally interested in pursuing a career in engineering? Well, um, I actually didn't even know what engineering was until I was just about to finish high school in my last year. No one had ever talked about it with me. And I was always doing all the sciences and maths during high school, but no one ever introduced the idea of engineering that I might like it. And the only the only reason I got influenced to engineering itself was on the Rotary National and Science um, Technology Camp, I think it is. And that's where we got to see what engineering was. And that was the only thing that actually sparked my interest. And then from there, I was able to um, talk to one of my head teachers that used to be a structural and civil engineer. And then from there, he was able to guide me on what I need to look for and um, what classes I needed to take and was the only person that actually helped direct me into the right path for engineering. Because in high school, I never got told that you needed to do, you know, the, the physics and the, and the calculus and the chemistry. Like no one really said that to me personally during my whole high school experience. Yeah, that's something I was purely lucky that I had done those subjects so that that option was still open to me. And that's purely because I was decently okay at them. So I just continued them, um, which <laughs> otherwise it sets you back going into university, having to take the catch up courses and everything. I think that definitely identifies that there needs to be conversations earlier in, mm -hmm. um, in schools to ensure that you're sort of understanding what you even need to do if if that interests you. Have you found that through your journey in studying engineering, um, where you've seen the sort of common connections between te ao Māori and engineering? Would you say there's any bridges and crossovers there? And, and, and what have you found where you see yourself in your mahi? Yeah, I'll let Lydia go first because it sounds oh, like she's um, good. <laughs> even in my, I've just started my second semester and even already this early on, I've seen so much connection Māori culture and everything to do with Māori like you know having anything built on the land of New Zealand is involving Māori dealing with people in New Zealand is going to deal with Māori you know even in like you know more different like chemical processing and environmental engineering you're dealing with Māori like every sort of engineering 
you're dealing with Māori, whether it's people or the culture or the land. So there's heaps of bridges between engineering and Māori. That's why I think it's so important that Māori are introduced to engineering as a you know a career because it would be very helpful to have a Māori person and an engineer as one. Yeah, definitely. Um, the further along you get in the degree as well, um, certain uh, lecturers are really committed to biculturalism. Uh, I'm currently taking a climate change paper, which obviously is very needed. Um, and we're doing a report at the moment that um, you need to talk about biculturalism and managed retreat. Um, I went and spoke to the lecturer earlier, Tom Logan, and asked him if it was possible to write it more from a mana whenua perspective rather than a client perspective. And he was super happy with that um, and asked like um, how it is being a wahine and um, third year and how that all plays into it and that was really encouraging I know that um, some other students I've talked to are really um, encouraged by the lecturers that are taking these initiatives forward um, to move it, it just needs to accelerate at a quicker pace for my personal liking <laughs> Well I even love that you felt empowered enough to even ask if you could yeah. do that, I think that's just a really great mark um, that you know, you're pushing that agenda as much as you can. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we are only one single person, but if each of us do these types of things, we start to see a shift and change. It's really exciting that you're holding that flag up for um, future Māori as well. I'm really yeah. curious to know when you told your whānau that you were looking to study engineering, what they thought about that and, um, and how that conversation went. Lydia, did, what did your whānau think of your career pathway? Um, well, my family always thought I was going to go into medicine because I have a lot of older siblings because I'm the youngest of nine. And um, they, one of my oldest brother, he did medicine and then my sister did law. So they were like, you know, it wasn't a shock to be doing a big degree, but because I had no, never talked about doing engineering when I had rung my mum up, when I was up in Auckland on that science trip, I told her, I want to do engineering, I'm going to UC. And my mum was over the moon about it because she, because oh. my grandfather, he was actually an engineer as well. And so she thought that it'd be a really nice thing in the family to have another engineer come through. And my family has shown me nothing but support throughout the whole journey of it and um, even helped me finding more connections in engineering. So yeah, full support. Oh, that's awesome. And yourself? You have similar experiences, Lydia? Oh, sorry. Um, oh, sorry. Did you have similar experiences, Lily? Uh, yeah, similar but different kind of ideas. So I have three older sisters um, and an older brother, and they all have um, done STEM degrees. So it was a very uh, heavily influenced for me to go somewhere in STEM. Some are nurses, some are planners. Um, but I personally kind of think I knew from a young age that um, engineering was something I was interested in, but I didn't know the term for it. And I remember my eldest sister mentioning engineering at dinner one time. And then from there with um, some experiences that I've had with Puhoro, um, it really strengthened that connection and having other opportunities through different avenues to kind of finalise on civil engineering. Um, and I haven't looked back since, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And um, I mean, now that you both are on this journey, as Māori engineering students, have either of you experienced any challenges as a Māori in this, in this career pathway? 
Um, I definitely have, coming from the Manawatu, which does have a decently high Māori population and being so involved in um, certain Māori initiatives through high school, I felt really connected to my culture um, and coming down in 2020 to Christchurch. It is well known that it is um, more of a, a not so diverse population down here um, and having that disconnection from what I had previously had um, and also going through first year university. Um, was quite difficult but from second year onwards I made efforts for myself personally because I knew it would be good for me to um, reconnect and everything and from now onwards um, I've been really connected and yeah, really happy with my journey of my culture so yeah. Good and do you what do you think could be some ways in which um, your university could be more welcoming to Māori what do you think could be done in that space? I personally think it needs to come from the top and uh, there needs to be Māori representatives on all boards that matter for the Māori students at the university. There, um, and it needs to personally for me not be tokenistic, it needs to be fully involved in listening to what they say because uh, the Māori perspective of Aotearoa is the way that I personally feel um, issues like climate change are going to have some uh, improvements for and hopefully, you know, hopefully the climate change is uh, not such an issue in the future with this change um, but it is all just kind of uh, lost the train of thought but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's deep it's pretty deep yeah. and yourself Lydia have you met any challenges as a Māori in engineering? Um, just a bit similar to Lily as well um, when I was in high school I had a very strong group of Māori people I was connected to and of all ages, you know, all backgrounds. And when I came to university, I left them all behind and I didn't have any Māori friends that came with me. And so that was a, definitely a challenge was adjusting to this new setting where I don't have that um, connection in, in me with someone. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but when you have that connection with your Māori community and you leave it, it's like, you know, it's not the same. So that was definitely a challenge. And because I was so involved with Māori culture in high school with, you know, kirahi, kapahaka, and like hosting Māori events when I came to university, because it's so big, it's like hard to find groups with that, you know, you can be like, you know, do you want to, that is, because I don't know how to put it. It's hard to get back into those groups when you're just, you know, taking a big step and you're still trying to figure out the uni life and then you want to do all the little side pieces that make you you yeah i think um, that makes sense to like explain it um the uni is very westernized and trying to adjust yourself to that situation when you've been so involved in Maori culture it is the balancing act of how to um continue to you know do well in university but also um, keep that strength of the culture and sometimes the scale tips in the way that we personally it's just a bit difficult to maintain thank you for I that think, that was perfectly yeah. <laughs> team effort i think um one of the things that hera has been trying to raise the thinking around is how it's really important for today's businesses to think about embedding mātauranga Māori into their practices. Um, and the reason we're saying that is essentially because of what you're saying, is that if you want to attract and retain 
um, Māori in your business, they have to feel like they belong and genuinely belong. And you can't feel that if you don't have that tanga or that feeling like you can bring your whole self to your mahi. Um, and it's a really hard concept, um, I think, if you're so used to looking through a westernised lens of thought to really think that when Māori come to work, they're thinking more about how they connect with people and how they connect with their mahi and how that connects with our with papatuanuku and all of these aspects. You know, we're not just thinking about this one thing. We've got all this other stuff going in the background and um, we kind of hide that part of us because we're not too sure if it'll be accepted if we share that. And it's about bringing that that um, feeling of belonging to mahi. So I can completely understand what you're saying. How do you think we could go about helping businesses to start thinking more about that and, and maybe starting to actually accept they need to be, embed that into what they do? Um, like, yeah, what would you be looking for? Yeah, what, like, if you're going to look for a job tomorrow, yeah. what would make you say, heck yes, I'll work for you? Um, I would say definitely the inclusiveness and accepting to Māori matauranga, like being able to um, understand that point of view and that knowledge from the Māori perspective and any other perspective, like being inclusive to all different people's ideas and cultural beliefs. And definitely with um, advertisement for Māori and Pakia as well. I think if you can see that their commitment to biculturalism is in the foundations of what they are as a company and what they are their values is something that um, it obviously will be highlighted in the way the company works um, would definitely be a big tick for me. Um, and I personally see engineering um, it is not consultation with mana whenua, it is collaboration with mana whenua and the longevity of that um, and companies that um, collaborate rather than consult is how I personally would like to work in the industry and see myself as um, somewhere in that area. Well I think you both are off to a really great start as role models for Wahine to come into the engineering industry and, and actually even just Māori in general. Um, I, I love that you're sort of sticking up for your beliefs and trying to push for change and just you being there and learning and representing Māori is a really great place to start. So you should feel really proud of yourselves. Um, I, I don't, I hope you don't feel any pressure for that responsibility. I'm not sure if you do. Uh, there is where I personally sometimes people are like oh you are the change but there are people that have come before me and they have laid the groundwork um, and now that that groundwork is there it helps me and I'm connected with this lady called Senakota Tate she's a Māori engineer um, that's on a lot of governance boards and uh, just speaking with her um, from her perspective um, which is obviously different to mine being a student was really appreciative to see how the industry is for her and what she wants to see and how that kind of cross links with what my values are which was really awesome and Lily with you doing your work it's also leading <laughs> me down the same pathway and like you saying that you've had these people before you and yeah. now I'm speaking to you and you're making all these changes well you know advocating for change and you know Māori is really helpful to me and encouraging to me coming, 
you know, after you and you being more experienced in the uni world is just so, like, um, beneficial to Māori women. Thank you so much. It's really nice to hear. <laughs> There's so much aroha in this room, I have to say. <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, look, it's, it's all about seeing someone else like you in the room and and we're starting to see that change and it's really awesome I, I think that's a perfect place to finish off but if you had any words of encouragement that you might want to give to students um you know I'd love to hear if there's any pearls of wisdom to encourage others to either get into engineering or even to just try for a scholarship you know do you have any pearls of wisdom to finish off on I think for Māori, specifically Māori wahine, don't be shy about um, advocating for yourself and highlighting who you are as a person in any scholarship applications and make sure to apply for them. I know I was, I almost didn't apply for the HERA scholarship because I didn't think I met the criteria that they wanted. Um, and then on the phone with Troy when she said, oh, I would just love your application, rada, rada, rada. It was just really so awesome and has um, helped with my confidence as um, a Māori wahine to um, lead the change and to be part of the future that I want to see. So definitely just apply and um, never uh, never be whakamata and reach out as well. I always have time to, uh, for others in the industry. So, yeah. No. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, I think people need to realise that they are definitely capable of anything and they're deserving if they, you know, they need to speak themselves up because they are, you know, deserving and they can do what, you know, you think you can do. Like, I just want to say that. So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Sarah, Lily and Lydia today. If you'd like to connect more of them, you'll find their details in the show notes. For me, it's always a great opportunity to connect with our Whanake Scholarship recipients and kind of see how our support is helping them in their career pathway. Hapaitia teara tika pumau, ai te rangatiratanga, monga uri whakatipu. Foster the pathway of knowledge to strength, independence and growth for future generations. This is absolutely what Whanake is about for us here at HERA. Food for thought till we see you next time. So hit subscribe and if you liked what you heard today, please like, review or share with any metalheads you know. Let's spread the word. Probably by now you've noticed that Hira has been raising the concept of mātauranga Māori for quite some time now, but I promise there is good reason for it. The future of work is increasingly Māori. In fact, it's predicted Māori will represent approximately 30% of the workforce by 2030. Specifically for our steel industry, it has already been found through recent research that the growth of Māori in high-skilled occupations like managers and professionals has been exponential. So let's get real, we have a skills and labour shortage. If we want to attract and retain a workforce that is Māori, or in fact attract the future engineers like our wahine tour we've spoken to today, then we'll need to embed mātauranga Māori into our business practices. If you're keen to grab the support to do that, then please get in touch. Here is actually on the lookout for members to be part of our pilot programme to help turn our industry into great cultural partners and more importantly, genuine ones. You'll find details in the show notes.